0: Was your uh, what was your first car you ever drove?
1: Uh, the first one I ever drove legally, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was a uh, the first car I ever drove was a Dodge Shadow. Dodge Shadow, what year was that? 87, 88, something like that. But the first car I ever owned was a 1986 Mustang LX. Uh, four speed four cylinder it topped out at 83 miles an hour downhill really? with the windows open and ac on fox body yeah
0: hell yeah nice <laughs> oh man i did a lot of drugs in those cars <laughs> oh, good stuff man good stuff what about you so well, uh, my first car, uh, let's see, it was a, the, the first one after I got my driver's license. I drove either my uh, grandfather's truck that he passed down to me an 84 F-150, uh, which I still got in the garage, um, or my mom's 1990 Volkswagen Vanagon hmm. uh, that she passed down to me. Uh, had the fold-out bed in it, um, the backwards-facing seats, yeah. took everybody down to Myrtle Beach after we graduated uh, it's got the, it had the bench seat that you lifted up and we could store all the alcohol in there. Yeah. So yeah. We took yeah. It down. Oh, it's the best. It was the absolute best. Lots of memories of that vehicle.
1: You're, you're kind of old like me. Um, when, when did you get your license, your full license, not that learner's permit crap. When did you get like your full fledged driver's license?
0: 16 years old.
1: Okay. Yep. So, uh, New Mexico, I actually got my full fledged, not a learner's permit driver's license at 14 years, eight months old. Wow. Yeah. Back man, back Ronald. back in the day, uh you could get your full your full license at 14 years 8 months.
0: Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. That's a uh, man, like I don't know if you've been around a 14-year-old lately, but there's there's absolutely no way I would wrestle, I would forcibly I'd put the 14-year-old in a headlock and <laughs> take the keys from them. Is isn't
1: uh, your isn't your youngest 14?
0: Hell yes. There's <laughs> no no planet on which me and him coexist and he gets behind the wheel of a car. Absolutely
1: none. Yeah, that's, that's because
2: there's nothing out there to, to hit where we beepers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're, yeah, that too. Um so the, the voice you're hearing right now, uh speaking of old farts is uh one of our oldest members. Uh, we got Ant in, uh, in Brooklyn. Stiano, welcome to uh, Get to Know Your Lower Ranger. Thank you for having me.
0: Ant, how you doing this evening, my man? I'm
2: doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing?
0: I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I just had a, we just recorded uh, another one of these and I had three fingers of some uh, some whiskey and uh, I won't give them any more shout outs because they're not a sponsor yet. So maybe down the road. Oh,
2: what you drinking on? I'm drinking um, Johnny Walker johnny walker blue no just black i'm going easy tonight
0: okay all right all right i feel you i feel you all right man uh and one of my favorite if not my favorite lower rangers uh man uh first of all uh, i want to get this up top as
2: well uh where can we find you on twitter you can find me at stiano that's s-t-a-i-a-n-o
0: Excellent. Excellent. And tell us, tell us a little bit about where you're at. I always throw it to you as, as aunt in Brooklyn. Is there any, any more specific like neighborhood that, that you, uh, that you reside in?
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm in Brooklyn and um, good or bad. I'm in one of the bourgeois neighborhoods. Oh, okay. um, it's called Park Slope. A lot of uh, urban professional White guys and families, and <laughs> lots of kids and strollers, and all that stuff. Sure, and sure, you know, we claim to be very progressive, um, in, in our nature, but you know, sometimes we still want us to be first in line if we also want everyone else to get in line too. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. There's that, there's that, uh, that New Yorker that resides in everybody, no matter the neighborhood, right?
2: Yes, very much so.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, tell us a little bit, I, I know you got uh, some, some. I won't say little ones because I've seen them. They're not little, but uh, I know you got a a couple of kids and and a lovely wife. Tell us a little bit about your family.
2: Yeah, so I've been married um, coming up on 15 years. Um, Okay. Another half year to go on that, but, you know, close. I've got three little ones, a 9, an 11, and a 13. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine my 13-year-old driving in a year. Like, she (laughs) is, like... Yeah, no, I couldn't imagine it. Like, it, it'd be a disaster. No way
0: in hell. No way in <laughs> Luckily hell. Luckily
2: in New York, it's uh, 18 to get your full license in the oh, city wow. anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Gotcha. I, you know what? I think that's what it is in North Carolina now as well. Uh, like, there's like, it's like a gradual process where you get a little, little, uh, a few more restrictions taken off every six months or something. Yeah, so Until definitely. you get your, your full thing at 18. Um, so tell us a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, about what do you do for
2: a living? So um, my background's in engineering. I have two degrees in electrical engineering from University of Delaware. I'm a model of our president, go blue right. hens. Right. But uh, I worked as an engineer for about nine months and I was bored out of my skull okay. because I was like, oh, cool, I'll get to build the computer system. They were like, no, you can write the paper that we <laughs> hand to that guy over there to build the computer system. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Right. And so I left that, this is going back now a long time, but I left that and I went into web development. Because it allowed me to be very technical, but also have a creative aspect to most of my uh, daily work, whether it was front end design, back end design, database, whatever it is, I could have my hands in many buckets and, again, be technical but also be creative at the same time. So, and I've been doing that now for twenty five years, probably or close to it. Gotcha, gotcha. So, do you uh, are are you do you work for a specific
0: company? Are you freelance? Do you do this? Um,
2: I work for a specific company. I've been with them coming up on about 15 years, um, which, you know, is rare in this day and age. Most people work at a job for a couple of years and then go someplace else. I'm, right, right. I'm very lucky where I work. Um, sure. I also do stuff on the side when, you know, when, when, when people need, you know, I have a friend says they want a website or, you know, what I built for Laura after hours or different yep, things, yep. but, um, yeah, I work full time for a company and I love it. Um, and you know, I'm pretty happy.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So, uh, Getting to the show, the reason we even do this silly podcast in the first place, uh, tell us a little bit uh, about how long you've been listening and, and when you kind of first got the show, so to speak, as, as they like to call it, or or if you even remember, was there a specific moment or was it kind of a gradual thing?
2: Well, I'll be honest. I actually don't know how long I've been listening to the show. And I say that because I used to catch Dan on a lot of other stuff. Okay. PTI whenever he was on, which was which I'm still a big fan of, but he did like sports reporters. He did like all these other things. And right. I remember just seeing him and like, I don't like him. He seems smart. He seems thought provoking. He sort of makes you think um in a different way. He's not just regurgitating, you know, and the Chiefs beat, you know, the so-and-so's 27, 23, and you know, right, right. This and that and the other thing. He was he had more substance to what he was talking about. And so I started to seek him out. For whatever I could find, if I could find articles from the Miami Herald, and started listening to the radio show when he was still on in the afternoons. But I would catch it here and there when I could, Um, and then once you know, once they moved to the Cowherd spot, I was I was all in. I was you know I was a one hundred percent you know in on that. And probably around that time is when I really sort of started to get the show. Because right. that's when I started listening regularly. It wasn't like, oh, I'd catch a couple hours here or there, or I might listen to a Friday show because right. I knew right. they'd be a little extra, you know, irreverent in in the way they were going about their stuff. um So, and in many ways, you know, even with the transition, I don't even know. I mean, they've been on ESPN. They were on ESPN like ten years, but they weren't in the carrot spot for ten years. Like, so I'm not exactly sure how long I've actually been listening, but. As long as I can remember, it's been it's been a mainstay in in my daily and weekly sort of listening habits. you just your your routine. Yeah, there's a, you just said something that kind
0: of is interesting to me because I I see fans online like in the Reddit community uh, of which you are a moderator. <laughs> I'm sorry to uh, to all right. tell everybody that um it's your your cross to bear your burden. <laughs> But, uh, so, so there's different degrees of getting this show, in my opinion, there's the folks that like, uh, like we just, we just recorded one of these with Barrett and like one of the things that he remembers, one of the first things that he saw that kind of made him get the show, so to speak, was, uh, uh, doing the lie detector test. That's just funny no matter what. Right. Then there is the show within a show where the rejoin music that Mike is playing is like, there's a theme to it or the, for instance, more recently, one of the things that I was just amazed went over so many people's heads, the Tim Jern saga where uh people that were actually Googling this guy, thinking that he was real. I, I, I'm just dumbfounded by, it. and I don't mean, I don't mean to like, you know, talk ill of those folks or call them dumb or anything, but like the the deconstruction of a sports radio talk show is a, a one level deeper than just the poop talk or the yeah. you know the the silly stuff that they'll they'll have people you know they'll have dan dress up as uh as as you know disgraced coaches or mina dress up as elmo
2: you know what i mean yeah yeah and that's one of the things that i loved about the show is that there was a lot of it, it wasn't your straight Mike and the mad dog screaming back and forth, taking callers, giving them 30 seconds and then telling them how wrong they are after they hung up and they can (laughs) no longer respond back to you. You know, there was levels of, of what they were doing, both in interactions going back and forth and even the repeatedness of some of the things you would hear something today that they were talking about yesterday. And they'd sort of talk about what they were talking about, but they wouldn't like they would make, they would want to try to keep you coming back for more so what was the next thing you were going to talk about and how they were they gonna how they were gonna, you know, hit it or talk about the topic or you know, whatever was going on. So that's right. another thing or sort of like I said, that that drew me into them because there was there was more to their stuff than just basic. You you almost had to pay attention. You couldn't yeah. just have it necessarily yeah. on as background noise that you would listen to every so often. You sort of had to be engaged in what was going on. You just nailed that. You it, it is A deconstruction
0: of your traditional radio, your sport, excuse me, traditional sports radio show, but it requires your attention to get all of the gags and all of the jokes and all of the callbacks, which is what I think causes such ravenous listener engagement uh, that creates a reddit community that ends up swallowing its maker. Uh <laughs> yes. oh, You know the the, the 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 swallows the the moderator the, we, the reddit community not to harp too much on this is the uh, ocean that swallowed the uh the the head pirate in that little yes. little little world. So um <laughs> all right, moving along, moving along. Uh what is what is one of the moments from over the years and it can I I've I've said this on a couple other editions of this. I'm kind of a prisoner of the moment. Uh, whatever the funniest thing is they did the past week is always my favorite moment that comes to mind. What's what's one of your favorite moments that
2: you've witnessed over the years? So one of my favorite moments, just sort of broadly is people. I <laughs> love the, 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 the way like, it's it's such a distinct side of Billy and yet right. it's Billy like it, it, like there's so many aspects of, you know, as they talk about, you know, Dan talks about this, this isn't a guy we're making up. This is a guy I went around the block with. He was my buddy. Like these people <laughs> exist. This is, and, and more specifically when they did, when, when people did his like rants, right? like, you know, I, I think I talked about this on a couple of podcasts ago when he did they hate us cause they ain't us. <laughs> and then morphed into, I'm sorry, Dan, <laughs> they just like us because they aren't us. Is that better, bro? Like that, I'm like I, I lose it every time I hear that clip because <laughs> it's so like it's so good. It hits on so many levels. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Even Will, Mr. Don't necessarily experience. know those people. Yeah,
0: yeah, so. yeah. You're right. You're right. The the they are shining a light on a type of person, a character that exists in Miami, and I'm sure. You know, as as culturally rich as Brooklyn is, like the, there's those characters that exist in your neighborhoods. Yeah. and in your neighborhoods, I I know they exist in North Carolina down here. I can uh, come up with caricatures all day about the uh, the the beach bum, salt life rednecks that uh, live down the street from me. <laughs> so I uh, I'm very familiar with that that type of character that exists almost universally throughout the world. Do we need to bleep that out? I don't want
2: you to get in trouble for saying uh, okay. the right. yeah. R word.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, for for listeners that don't know, I got uh, knocked off Twitter uh, over the summer for saying the word redneck in Marty Smith's mentions. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I have not typed it out since then. I'm, I'm playing a dangerous game uh, trying to say on Twitter. Uh, maybe maybe beep will take this out. Maybe we don't need to include this in this episode. I'm gonna leave it in. Damn it. Okay. All right. Moving along, moving along. And who is your favorite member of
2: the Levitard universe? For me, it really is Dan. It really is Dan because okay. really I like, I just like the way he goes about all the different stuff. Not just the way he does his content, but right. I really love his empathy Right. that he talks about, and even just sort of small, the way he's empowered the other people on the show to have their voice, to be able to say what they want to say, and to be major players in the family, for lack of a better way to say it, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's really, you very rarely come across people who are in charge, who are like, eh, you guys you guys have the next five minutes. You guys have the next bits. You guys have the next whatever. And sort of really empower the people under them or around them to, to be such major aspects you know, of the show. Yeah. Um, and, and that I just really admire that because like I said, I don't think oftentimes you find people in power who are like, yeah, I'm I'm ready to share this with people who I don't need to share it with. Because he could have done a, he could still do a him and Gots only show sure. and not have Billy or Chris talk much and not have Mike necessarily involved and not talk about how they're feeding Stu lines. He could make it very much, you know, but he likes to say behind the curtain, here's what's going on and here's how it's working and let's get everything involved. So that's, for me, it's Dan. Makes
0: sense. Uh, his ability to 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 drive the show i think they were talking about it yesterday uh his or on the mystery crate but but Dan's ability to drive that show and to know when to get out of the way and also to know that he has surrounded himself with folks that if he does swallow somebody up if he doesn't get out of the way they have the uh the leeway to make fun of him for it to 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 give him shit about it which just turns it into even more content uh because he can laugh at himself first and yeah. foremost that is the that is the number 1 quality there is that Dan's ability to laugh at himself is his biggest strength because so many folks in that industry the ego comes first. Like there is no laughing at yourself. Uh, there is, there is only trying to cover up your mistakes, not sinking into them, which is, it was such a fantastic quality. Um, so how did you
2: end up joining this whole crew? So that became hour be, after hours. Yeah. I'm going to be a little different than most of the other folks. Cause I know a lot of the other folks came in because of steak and I actually didn't. Okay. Um, I was having a DM conversation with Mike Ryan fan account going back to the end of Mayish, and he's like yeah we're doing this thing if you want to jump on or join us we're gonna you know initially it was just we're gonna record and just gonna chat about the show and not necessarily do anything with it or it'd be more so you know not so interview focused but just chatting and I actually couldn't join the first time they did it but the second time I jumped on and I was like wow there's like you know 10 to 15 other <laughs> crazy crazy crazy, crazy super fans. Like, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, and everyone was like, oh, I love, did you hear what he said these three words? And it was just like, and I was like, wow. Like I found something that I never thought I, a, I'd be able to find, right. especially, you know, in the midst of this pandemic where you can't see anybody getting to be able to connect with people and see faces and and have common, you know, loves and interests and on a really granular level. I mean, because... You know, if you're in the lebertard and you're really in the levitard, you're not, you know, i talked about, so you're not talking about the high level stuff. You're like getting deep in the weeds. Sure. And I was like, wow, there's a bunch of the people who are getting in the weeds in a way that I am that, you know, yeah. my wife doesn't care about the show. She's like, really them again? Like, you know, yeah. even highly questionable, she's like, do we have to watch this? <laughs> so to find people who were like all in on it too, was just really cool for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh I would tell you I I feel like this
0: podcast this group of folks has kept a lot of people uh mentally I think Barrett put it the best just like having that stimulus yeah. of something that you we could coalesce around it, this was a great community to find when you know a lot of people were going through something they'd never been through before which was just isolation just utter isolation yeah. so it's it's been an absolute blessing for sure um this is a kind of a curveball question. I asked this to Barrett as well. What's been your favorite moment uh, so far from this hour after hours experience?
2: You know, I think th- there's two things. There's a there's a sort of micro point and a sort of macro point. I was I was talking to a friend of mine about what we're doing, and I was talking to him about possibly would he be interested in coming on and being interviewed by us and. I was throwing out the names of all the people we had interviewed mm-hmm. and not even talking about like naming big people. I was just like going through the names and was like, wow, we've interviewed a lot of people. Yeah, like we, we have. have really talked to, I mean, many, many, many people who, you know, six months ago, we all would or eight months ago, we would have said, I'm never going to talk to Katie Nolan. I'm never going to talk to, or Sarah Spain or, right you know, Christina Lisi or, you know, any of these people that we've been blessed enough to talk with. And then the other aspect is going sort of more small is just the connections I made with all you people. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, this, you're on the chat all day. And if you're not on it all day, (laughs) it's because there's really something serious going on that's (laughs) taking you away from being on the chat all day. And it's like, Just the the connectivity. Because what's funny is a lot of the friends that I've had, I've had for decades. People I've known from kindergarten, from first grade, from second grade. And, um, you know, as a parent of kids, you oftentimes end up becoming friends with parents of your kids' friends. Sure. And not that any of my kids' friends' parents are not good people, but it's sort of a forced reason why you're talking to them. Yeah. How are you yeah. doing? Like, you, you know, it's not, you haven't s- necessarily sought them out or necessarily had a common interest. Whereas all of us have this really common interest that we're all pretty crazily passionate about. And yet we're all different. You got yeah. me in New York, you got people in LA, a lot of people in Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Texas, New Mexico. A- you got Australia. people all over the place, <laughs> Australia, absolutely. Canada, Boston, all these different places. And it's like, but we've got this common thing that six months in or eight months into talking to you, I feel like I've known you all for 20 years.
0: Yeah, same. Be-
2: or, or like I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. One of the other things that's sort of weird about this is me and my friends, because we've known each other for so long, many of us have known each other for so long, we know every story we've ever told. And we've heard yeah. them all 65 times. <laughs> but none of you people have heard any of them.
1: So right, I get to right. retell
2: all my funniest stories <laughs> that may or may not be funny to you and you get to retell all your stories about aspects of your life or your personality that it's almost like a new beginning in some ways. Sure. And yet sure. you're talking to people who you have this connection to and it just makes it like a comfortable is probably the wrong word, but you feel like I feel okay opening up to this person because yes. of this, that or the other thing that, you would have necessarily said you know a year ago yeah yeah
0: that's well well put and and I, I feel the same about all you guys too it it uh it's it's barrett barrett uh made the comment like well i think i met you like a year ago i'm like nah dog that is seven months ago at most i think is when we uh we we started uh chatting the first time so it uh time is a flat circle and uh all that good stuff (laughs) Uh, time is not real we've all we've all i feel like i I feel like we're bordering like the shining levels where we've always been here (laughs) like the camera pulls back from the black and white photograph and it's all of us in the ballroom but it's the it's it's the lower after hours zoom uh (laughs) of of all the faces (laughs) so okay gonna end it here what is your Second favorite
2: color. I'm going to go with orange. Orange. I love orange. orange, mostly because it's different than what you see out of a lot of other, like, most people don't wear orange. It's sort of bright. It's sort of obnoxious. Right. I really love orange, partly because of that sort of different aspect than what you normally see but hey in your in your
0: face and obnoxious from a uh, somebody from from new york city
2: unheard of of, and we are not obnoxious we're just focused i've said this before all right we've got 10 minutes and 45 (laughs) seconds to walk from the subway station to our office so we leave 11 minutes we just don't have if you can get us off our Beeline for the moment. We will help you. But if you don't like, get out of my way, because we got a place to go and a person to see and a little amount of time to get that done.
0: Understood. Oh, you're you're on a mission from God, uh, I guess. So.
2: Uh, all right. First favorite color. First favorite color. Is black a color? Sure. Or are we going to say that black is uh, so I would say black for me. I, okay. I also love black, but. That's right. probably a very New York thing as well of, of, of having big, black big, be your favorite. Big color. Halloween fan, apparently. Black and orange. Y- you know, not necessarily together, <laughs> but I do like both Separate. those colors. Okay. Yes.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. And tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter again. again, uh,
2: it's uh at Styano,
0: S T A I A N O. Okay. And uh do you have Instagram or any other social media that you I, I
2: do have Instagram, but I don't really post anything. I just sort gotcha. of look at everybody else, but it's A P Styano. Or Anthony Peter and then my last name is Stiano S-T-A-I-A-N-O excellent excellent and where can they find you on Reddit they can find me as Stiano <laughs> pretty much any so anything's any, gonna have your anything so just, but Facebook because Facebook is the devil but anything else I'm likely Stiano or AP Stiano on gotcha, that platform
0: gotcha well Ant, we really really uh, appreciate you spending this time with us uh, getting to know you and uh, and thanks for joining us man and I'll uh, you're welcome I'll see, you. I'll see you
2: in the chat absolutely